It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the, the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Ruff. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, over the air, touchdown! Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. You are
had all backed out or been sold or had format changes, whatever the case might be, it left a void in the high school sports market. And so I jumped in, bought a website, had it created. Uh, it ended up being a lot more expensive than I expected it to be. <laughs> it always is. To, to create a website that also could stream audio and multiple audio at the same time and yeah. everything. But uh, got it all put together, and I wanted to make sure we could cover all of the games or as many of the games as possible. And so I put out a little feeler on a website that that is a trade, kind of a trade website for broadcasters, and said, got an opportunity to get play-by-play reps. And uh, I, I don't know if I put this, but the pay kind of sucks, but you'll get experience <laughs> or something to that effect. Well, at least you're honest. Yeah, I was honest. I mean, I told these guys, I said, look, I'm barely covering your gas money <laughs> because I just don't have it. But if you want to get some reps, this is a great chance. And at that time, there it wasn't like there were a lot of opportunities for guys that were juniors and seniors in college. And uh, three of the guys happened to be in the sports link program at Ball State. And so they said, no, we'd, you know, we'd love to get an opportunity. And one of those guys was Pat Boylan. And uh, look at where his career has taken him. Me, all, all still calling you. high school basketball games. Anybody owes it all to you, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did not get a any kind of commission or finder's fee or anything. <laughs> uh, but, no, I'm, I'm real happy for Pat, his success. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And so he'll join us coming up. At around 5.20 this afternoon. Um, okay, so I've been hearing this quite a bit over the last couple of days. And it all stems from a comment Tom Izzo had at the post game, Where he talked about just throwing the ball up and having a 7-4 guy who could catch it and put it in the basket. And, and it, it kind of took on a life of its own as a lot of people saying, Zach Eady is only a special player because he is so big. In other words, everybody 7-4 is a great basketball player, right? I mean, look around, people. There are plenty of guys that are 7-2, 7-3, 7-4, 7-5 that have played this game, and a lot of them have not done what Zach Eady is currently doing. And there is a reason for that. And if you are not a basketball person, don't try to be one on Twitter and comment because you're missing some of the finer points of what Zach Eady does as a big man, regardless of his size, that is making him so unique. It is the combination of being a very skilled big man and being blessed with great size. It is not having great size, period. There's a lot of guys that have great size, period, that don't become great basketball players. And there's guys that are... Six 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 seven. that develop great footwork in the post. They work on their game with a jump hook or some type of a shot that actually become effective. He's got the advantage of having the seven foot four inch size because that is not something you can really coach. But uh, I'll give you an example. There is Trey Townsend, who is a six 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 and a half guy that plays for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies in the Horizon League. And I think he's averaging seven, eight rebounds a game. He scores 15 points a contest. 
Um, I mean, he is solid. Most of his points are coming from the post where he is grossly undersized, even at Horizon League standards. But he's developed skills as far as footwork, quickness, and he's used what he has been given as a God-given talent, and he's developed it to become a good basketball player. And that is exactly what Zach Eady has done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I saw this post on Twitter that just showed happened to show uh, four other players that were around seven three, seven four, currently in the NCAA at D one, and it showed their stats. And it just, I mean, we're looking at you know a guy with one and one. We're looking at a guy with twelve and six, three and three, twelve points, three rebounds, like three you know? re- yeah. yeah. So so it, it just because you're big doesn't make you a basketball player. Very true. Isaac Haas was a monster of a man. And nobody shed a tear when he graduated left Purdue. He was good at his moments. But Zach Eady learned from those that came before him. And he is an athlete, a hockey and baseball player when he grew up. Eventually, at his size, he gave basketball a shot. He knew he had the physical attributes to probably be a pretty good basketball player. So he gave it a shot, fell in love with the game. Now he's fully committed to it. And he's done things to make himself a good basketball player. He's developed footwork. He's become much quicker, more agile. You know, balance is an issue. Footwork is an issue for guys that are seven feet four and 300 and some pounds. And... You know, in some ways, it could be considered a detriment. He's almost too big that that he's at a point where you would almost say, uh, well, he, he could be a little clumsy at times. But he looks athletic. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that he's playing with a bunch of guys that are at his armpits, you probably would not notice with his skill set that he's a 7'4", 300-pound man. In fact, if you see him in person, and I remember seeing Isaac Haas in person, they are much bigger than you expect them to be just because they spend so much time around guys that are 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, uh, and, and the fact that they are so agile and they move like guys much smaller than what you would expect them to be. But he's developed footwork. He's developed a shot. He knew what he had physically and he developed it to make himself a good basketball player. He didn't try to become a ball handler. He didn't try to become a three-point shooter. No, he spent his time, and this is a rarity in the gym today, working on footwork and post moves, working on moves with his back to the basket, going over his right shoulder with a left-handed shot, going over his left shoulder with a right-handed shot. Those are the things he did. And you know what? Those aren't necessarily sexy things in the gym. You know what What you know what? everybody wants to do when they get to the gym with a basketball? Launch threes, baby. See how many I can hit from deep. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, yeah, you every Lundy is a three-point shooter. <laughs> you know it, man. Purdue's going to face one coming up tomorrow night. We're all... Uh, we're all, all Lundies love the three ball. You know it, man. Give me the ball. Give me the rock. I'm firing it up. <laughs> uh, but Zach Eady, he has really done a lot with, with what he's uh, been able to develop. And his body has changed. Compared to last year, he's trimmed some fat. He's gotten leaner. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I hate that people are criticizing a guy 
who knows what he is, who knows what he needs to do to be successful. You know, even rebounding is an art form. It's a skill. And even at 7'3", seven, 7'4", seven, um, you've got to be in the right position. Because if you're not, what's going to happen? You're going to fall. But he uses his footwork to get into the right position to get a hand. Now, sometimes he gets a hand on it. Sometimes he gets the ball. He also has shown he's got good hands. I mean, a couple of those passes, when they throw it over the top, and he's able to go up, catch it, and dunk it. I mean, that's good hands. And a lot of guys, 7'4", 300 pounds, aren't going to have those kind of hands. You're going to have to basically go up and hand it to them to be able to get them to catch it. And uh, and so he is a skilled player that deserves everything he is getting, including this week's Big Ten Player of the Week honor. I believe that is number five for Zach Eady now this season. Swanigan, I believe, had six. Uh, Zach Eady now five. And, uh, you know, but he's got a lot of skills that he uses, that he's developed, passing skills, um, positioning. You know, and, and the way he goes out, sets screens, gets set, rolls to the basket. And then once he rolls, if he doesn't get the pass, how he gets post position. And you ever notice when you feed him on the post, how easy it is for him to just make that catch? A lot of guys, it's not that simple that are, you know, that that big. They, they do get clumsy. I mean, there's a lot of people that are just too big to be athletic. So I give him a lot of credit, man. I, I um, I respect the skill set that he's got. Yeah, you said he's, he's facing some criticism. Um, well, he's facing some criticism on our text line, 46862. Someone said, Zach Eady is the most overrated basketball oh. player in the last 20 years. I would love to know why. Okay, you know, it's like, shame on him for being big. Right? I guess. Shame on him. He should never be that big. Um you know, he can't make himself short to show what skills he really has. Okay, but, and yes, he does have a physical advantage. It is a tall man's game that being tall helps. But I can't imagine, I'm clumsy at 6'3". I can't imagine what I would be at 7'4". <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and he doesn't foul. And, and everybody's, oh, well, they just don't call the fouls on him. Watch him. He's, I mean, he's not hacking guys. He's not... You know, he's not shoving guys out of the way. He works the footwork to get into a position where they foul him more often than he fouls them. But, uh, yeah, let's shame the guy's size. He's a terrible player because he's so big. I mean, come on. No, he's a big man. And you know what? Today's game doesn't appreciate a big man's skill set. It, no, it has no respect or appreciation for a big man's skill set. Think about it. It's all about Steph Curry, LeBron, you know, the perimeter. Nobody nobody respects the big man back to the basket anymore. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Walton, you know, those bigs. It's been, uh, you know, Moses Malone. Those those bigs that it's it's been 25, 30, 35 years. Patrick Ewing, um, mm. you know, and, and – uh, did anybody ever complain that Patrick Ewing was a lousy basketball player because he was seven feet tall? He's no. a pretty lousy coach at seven feet tall, I can tell you that. He hadn't won a thing at Georgetown. Oh, I love Pat. Hey, they won the Big East tournament. Uh, I know you're Nick's guy. You're going to try to find the, you know, the rose <laughs> among the thorns. But uh, that 2021 Big East tournament, man. Yeah, what are they this year? 
like Ooh. five and nineteen right now. I, four. And, I, th- I think they've gotten one win in the Big East uh, in the regular season. Yeah, so far. I think they just got that last week. Maybe. Yep, they did. Texas Tech got one last night. That hey, was a thriller too. Texas Tech. Man, what a comeback! That was a great game. Let's talk more about that. Uh, Hoosiers taking on Maryland tomorrow night or tonight. Tonight. Yeah. Purdue plays tomorrow night. Indiana tonight taking on the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, You know, Indiana's five-game streak includes a couple of road wins, Illinois and at Minnesota, but I think they're going to get a tougher test tonight, although Trace Jackson Davis should have an advantage. They are not big. I've got breaking news, Brett. Breaking news. The Saints and the Broncos are finaling compensation in return for Super Bowl winning head coach Sean Payton. This clears the way for Payton to sign with the Broncos to become Denver's next head coach. It's That's happening. That's where he wanted to be. And uh, so Sean Payton to Denver. Who reports that? That would be Mr. Adam Schefter. Schefter? Okay. Because uh, you want to make sure it's... Yeah, it's real. Schefter, Pelissero, yep. Rappaport, one of, the, one of the three or four biggies. Uh, big news. As Sean Payton is uh, coming back to coach and will coach the Denver Broncos. I, I, I mean, I that seemed to be the match that was making the most sense throughout this whole process. The Broncos were willing to pay him. Yeah, you heard he was impressed in you know his interviews, and, and he seemed yeah he seemed very interested. You get an experienced quarterback, a veteran quarterback. Uh, Sean Payton knows what that's like having all those years with Drew Brees. So. I, I think it's perfect. Does it make the Broncos all of a sudden some kind of a playoff favorite? Nah, I don't, I don't know about that. They're in a tough division. But it certainly makes up for the Nathaniel Hackett hire that they had. I mean, that's the big thing. They had yeah. to make up for the Nathaniel Hackett disaster. So 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. Uh, we're going to be talking to Michael McIntyre and Chad LaCrosse yet this hour. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Just thinking about our text line, 46862. I, I will just say this to anybody who wants to criticize Zach Eady, go get a pair of size 22 sneakers and run around a basketball court. See how graceful you are when you've got feet that big. I don't know. What size does is He's got to be 21, 22. Let's see if Google can tell us. Zach Eady's shoe size. Uh, he's got to have huge feet. 20. Oh, 20. See, he's actually, his feet are small relative to the size of his body because a lot of guys that have been 7'2", seven, 7'3", seven, they're like size 21, 22. Uh, but, yeah, see how graceful you are running around a court with size 22. And they said if he's 6'4", he wouldn't be a star in the Big Ten. Okay, so he might be playing basketball or hockey. I mean, it, the point is, he is 7'4". He's developed himself into a great postman, and he's done it because he's got post moves. He hits that turnaround jump uh, hook, can do it with both hands. Um, you know, he's got the shot fake. He, he's, he's you know, gets in position for alley-oop. I mean, it's, yeah, he's 7'4", and he can't change what God gave him, but... That's no reason to criticize what talent he has. He is still a talented basketball player. He happens to play a post where a lot of bigger guys tend to be around the basket. You know, that was my position. My coach actually told me. I, I had the legendary coach, Glenn Parrish. Okay? And we were we were running our offense, and I all of a sudden realized it was like a four-out offense. I was the only guy that was, you know, not part of the offense. And so... You know, they're saying, you pass it to here, you cut here, you go off this screen. 
and everything is the other guys, okay? And he, he describes our offense, and finally I said, Coach, what do I do? He says, you go stand by the basket and look big. <laughs> that was my role. And, you know, if anybody saw me play, I think I played the role pretty well. That was about all I did was I stood at the basket and tried to look big. Hey. You know? You do what Coach tells you to do. I uh, Here I am at 50-some at years old, and I still look big. I do, <laughs> I do a great job of it. Just uh – wide as opposed yeah, to tall. Uh, oh, okay. Let's go. Go ahead and add, uh, <laughs> add to it, Adam. Why don't you go ahead and just say, uh, yeah, you got kind of a wide blank. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all I was going to say was I look big. It's like, oh, yeah, a little thick in the middle, a little narrow shoulders. <laughs> Yeah, I used to be built like an upside-down pair. Now I'm a, the other side. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I used to have the broad shoulders and the small waist. And you got the broad waist. Yeah, what's a- the opposite of athletic cut? Because, you know, when I was younger, um, everything was, you know, shoulders and smaller waist. I think, I mean, I had like a 32, 33 waist. Okay. Now I'm all waist, no shoulders. And it's just a sad, sad fact of getting old. A couple more texts we got on uh, the text line, 46862. Someone said he has the best footwork for a big man in the NCAA, talking about Zach Eady. And then someone else said, I bet these are all bitter IU fans. <laughs> all right. Well, 46862, if you'd like to weigh in. By the way, coming up later today, we do have Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia. Yeah. Special day, special prize. You know what's up for grabs. We've got four tickets to the boat show. And uh, we'll get those in on today's Tuesday Time Capsule Trivia about 30 minutes or so away. Um, so uh, the owls. Haven't had an Owls update for a while, but, uh, you know, our our uh, adopted team from Boca Raton, Florida, the FAU Owls continue their climb. They're now at number 19 in the country. They have improved to 21-1. and They defeated Western Kentucky 70-63 to Saturday. And I tell you, a lot of people are going to have two Cinderella's on their bracket. FAU is going to be one popular pick. Everybody's going to want to take FAU. Why? Because they want to cheer for the owls and then you've got oral roberts from the summit league i mean they they are head and shoulders above everyone else in the summit league of course that's the mastodon's former conference last night oral roberts beat south dakota and it's the coyotes now it looks like coyotes but i was told like my very first broadcast assignment with purdue fort wayne i was told Oh, and one thing to always remember, that in South Dakota, they call it coyotes. It's not coyotes. So the South Dakota coyotes went into Tulsa, took on Oral Roberts last night, got smoked by not 30, not 40, 50. Got beat by 50 points. 102-52. The Eagles over the Coyotes. Um, Anyway, so, in fact, net rankings, both those teams in the top 50, and uh, they're going to be Cinderella's when it comes March Madness bracket time. Uh, Also, this came down today from the Horizon League. I was waiting because I thought the Mastodons were going to be hosting a nationally televised game next Friday as the Mastodons take on Youngstown State at the Coliseum snubbed by the Horizon League. They're going to instead broadcast Northern Kentucky and Wright State. 
And so uh, the Mastodons Youngstown State still will be played, but at its regular time and not on the four-letter network. Uh, Of course, tonight we've mentioned it is the opening night of girls' high school basketball sectionals. That means we're road tripping. Well, actually, nobody here is really road tripping except one person. He is a one-man show heading to Huntington North tonight, and he joins us now on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline. It is Michael McIntyre. Mac, good afternoon. Yeah, you mentioned road trip and brought up that for a second. It was going to be a shameless plug for side ventures, but no, it's, no. Good, it's, it's, a good, it's a good afternoon in that regard for sure because it's officially sectional season when it comes to the state of Indiana. Uh, I know where you're going with that. Uh, it was very close to a shameless plug. I almost gave you one there. But uh, <laughs> but tonight, Huntington hosting 4A, and uh, the ping pong balls did neither one of these teams a favor because these are two really outstanding basketball teams in Homestead and Columbia City, and one of them is going to see their season end tonight. What do we expect? What do we need to listen for tonight? Yeah, Brett, unfortunately, this is where a lot of people that, you know, do make the case that we should go to seeding the tournament based on record or whatever could possibly make their case because, unfortunately, you see two powerhouse matchups between Columbia City who come into tonight with an overall a 20-2 and two, and Homestead with a still impressive 16-5 and five face off each other in an opening round matchup that a lot of people thought could potentially be seen at the championship game if the ping pong balls would have come a different way. It's a tale of two contrasting seasons. As far as Columbia City goes, they're coming into tonight on a seven-game win streak. Their last win was definitely impressive. They finished off the regular season with a 77-32 win over New Haven. They were a perfect 7-0 and in the NEA, a perfect season in that regard, and 20-2 and overall with some pretty big statement wins, especially for the fact that they won over Northrop on the road 73-69 to back on January 24th. Unfortunately, though, that's where the fun stops as far as Columbia City goes because Homestead has had their number. In their last nine matchups, Homestead is 9-0. and But something that may help Columbia City in that regard is they come into tonight with the fourth-best offense overall in the state across all four classes, averaging just over 65.5 points per game. So look for the Eagles to keep the offensive pace up. They like to play fast-paced, and it's going to be curious to see what Homestead does, especially for the fact that the Spartans have played a very much slower pace than we've seen in previous seasons oh it's so much fun and i can't wait to listen to it tonight columbia city homestead but you know there is a team lurking there at huntington north that feels they might have their shot and they got a very favorable draw uh, funny how the team that has stepped up to host it also ends up with a bye. No, I'm not trying to create any kind of conspiracy. It is Huntington North. They, uh, they've they had a really good year as well. And so these two teams, Homestead, Columbia City, I mean, they really can't rest on their laurels because there's another good team on the other side of the bracket that they could end up running into in the championship game. Yeah, Huntington North did get the luck of the draw, for lack of a better term. They will face the winner of the first matchup tonight, which is Southside and New Haven, which are two teams that have definitely struggled for the duration of the season. However, Brett, there's kind of that other dark horse within that entire bracket that is looking to play spoiler that didn't exactly have a bad season. You have a Wayne team that very much, for lack of a better term, flew under the radar for a good majority of the season. But overall on paper, they're pretty stout, a 15-7 and record on the season. Wayne will get the winner of Columbia City in Homestead, where Wayne also on Friday night looking to play spoiler to see who will, in many cases, inevitably face off Huntington North on Saturday night. So 
a fun sectional across the board, but the way the ping pong balls did fall, you could definitely make a case for the fact that we should possibly look at seeding the tournament in the future. But in the meantime, this is the system we got. It's going to be a fun game tonight for sure, and it's going to be fun seeing the differentiation as far as the contrasting styles between the two schools overall. I'm going to uh, enforce the Kirk Herbstreet rule tonight, and I'm not going to make you pick the game, but I am going to talk about what's happening at DeKalb. You've got uh, Carroll taking on Northrop. That's game two up at DeKalb tonight. And you had a chance to see Northrop Snyder, if I'm not mistaken, uh, earlier this year, the, the girls' matchup. And uh, two really good basketball teams. I've already gone on record. Uh, I am going with uh, Northrop to win this sectional. But what would Snyder have to do to knock off the Bruins should that uh, that matchup decide this sectional? Well, as far as those two teams, as far as facing each other goes, the big thing Snyder has to do is they have to find a tempo that works for them. And they also definitely have to find the outside shooting. I mean, it's no secret that the Bruins have been strong offensively all season long. They come into the game tonight as they dominated the matchup back in November against Carroll by almost 30 points. They won 81 to 52. But if Snyder's going to play upset, they've got to take care of the basketball. They've got to limit the turnovers, which is something that a lot of teams across the area have struggled with for the season. If Snyder can limit the turnovers and be smart with the clock, they have a chance at this one. It's going to be a fun game up there tonight for sure as well. And uh, Northrop Snyder would be the championship should both teams get there. And, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to that one. Of course, we've got coverage tonight with Homestead Columbia City starting at around 7.30, 7.35. And then uh, coming up on Friday, we'll have that Wayne game. Uh, they get the bye, and we'll have the Wayne game against the winner of this game tonight. And then coming up on Saturday night, championship action will come to you from Class 3A down at Norwell. So it's going to be a, a busy and exciting week, and we can't wait to get it started. Anxious to hear your call tonight, Mac. Uh, thanks for joining us. Anytime, Brad. It's definitely a fun week, and for if you're old enough to remember the show Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, this is what this week sure feels like. <laughs> well, he is, uh, he's road tripping. Uh, Michael McIntyre knows exactly what a road trip means. Uh, that is Michael McIntyre joining us on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline. And we've got to take a break because we've got Coach Chad LaCrosse standing by. We want to talk to the St. Francis Cougars men's basketball coach. And we're going to do that when we return. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is Purdue Fort Wayne men's basketball coach John Coughlin. And you're listening to the Sports Rush with Brett Rump on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Go Dons! Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy. Uh, reminder coming up tonight, it is the Mastodons Coaches Show. That'll be at 6 o'clock. Join us from the Holiday Inn Purdue-Fort Wayne as Mastodons Coaches, men's basketball coach John Kaufman, women's basketball coach Maria Marcasano. Join us. That is live from the Holiday Inn Purdue-Fort Wayne Presented by Diamond Residential Mortgage, 6 o'clock right here on 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. And speaking of college hoops, plenty of great college hoops in town. And uh, some special honors uh, recently for St. Francis and the Cougars men's basketball team. And to talk about that and the state of where his team is at right now as you count down to the end of the season. We're joined on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline by men's basketball coach Chad LaCrosse. Coach, good afternoon. How you doing? 
Doing well. Uh, let's talk about, uh, first of all, a couple of the individual honors that your uh, players have reached or milestones. First of all, uh, nothing bigger than the all-time scoring record. And, uh, you know, it, what's kind of great about this story is I've watched a few games, caught some online. Uh, this is a guy throughout his career. It's not about isolation. It's not about him having the ball in his hand all the time, the way you run things offensively. But Antoine Cushingberry is now the all-time top scorer at St. Francis in program history. Uh, you've got to be really proud of this young man. Yeah, no no question. I mean, obviously, when he first came in, he was almost uh, more of a pass-first kind of point guard and has really turned himself into one of the elite scorers in the country um, over his time here at St. Francis. And I've been extremely consistent um, over his, you know, four and a half years here um, by saying he's he's one that's just in the gym every single day. And, and it's been that way since day one. So he's he's really earned all the accolades and um, awards that he's, um, you know, gotten over the years and, and uh, become our all-time leading scorer is obviously pretty special when you think of it uh, being a 31-year-old record. Well, and, you know, the other thing about Antoine is he's not just a scorer. I mean, this guy contributes a number of ways. He can distribute, as you mentioned, originally a point guard, uh, but also he's important for you, uh, especially with this roster, what he does in rebounding. Yeah, no question. I mean, for being five eight, and uh, you know, he's just the ultimate competitor. He uh, competes every single play, and and kind of gets in the mix. Um, not only scoring the ball, like you said, but uh, also on the boards. You know, um, so he's he's one that can kind of do it all. You know, you look at the box score, and he makes twenty two points and uh, eight rebounds and eight assists in a game, and and uh, and it's just kind of normal for him. You expect those numbers for for him as is what he's done here in the last several years um, and how consistent he's been. And that's what uh, not only got him the all-time scoring leader, but uh, also the honor, um, All-American recognition that he's received, too. So, obviously, it's special for our team, for our program, and, and, uh, and for Antoine. Well, another guy you don't think of as being a scorer, but just the commitment to the program and, uh, and his efforts. Dan McKeeman became a 1,000-point scorer, and that's a rarity in college basketball. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Dan, you know, he came and transferred here from Cedarville University and, and uh, really stepped into a huge role his first year and, and uh, made it all the way to the Final Four. But uh, I think he, that year we were kind of, I can remember being out in Kansas City and just, you know, jokingly saying to him, did you think you would ever transfer here and play 35 minutes a game? And, and uh, I think that year he probably shot close to 48% from three. So he was just unreal the entire year. But, uh, no, he's been a... Another one that's just been a leader for us, been consistent. He works, and, uh, you know, it's been fun to have Dan part of this program. When you look at this year's team, you have to rotate some young players with some of those veterans, like we just mentioned, Cushingberry, McKeeman. Um, how has the chemistry gone? How's the flow gone? Where's the team at? You know, I'd say our chemistry is great. Um, <laughs> you know, we're just, we go into some games, and we're um, really undersized. Um, but our guys compete and they fight. You know, you look at our overall record and we're 12 and 11. Um, and it's kind of crazy because we have five top 20 wins on the year. Um, and, uh, so we have some really good wins. Our RPI is pretty high for where we are overall record, but, uh, it's just a constant, you know, constant grind and constant uh, reminder that just take one game at a time and 
see what happens. You know, it's a big week for us this week and, and kind of the remainder of the season with five games left that uh, we have to make sure we take care of business here at home on win, uh, tomorrow night against Goshen. But, uh, um, yeah, every single game is important down the stretch here. Well, when you're 12 and 11, obviously there's been some ups and there's been some downs. Is there anything tangible that you've seen about the team that you say, when we're shooting it well, we've got it going? I mean, that's, that seems to always be an easy answer, but – you know, is there anything <laughs> tangible? I mean, it's like if we score points, yeah. we're tough to beat. Uh, but yeah, yeah, if we hit our threes, we're, <laughs> we're awfully tough to go in. So now we always say that too. But uh, no, just with our with our size, uh, you know, it's not like we have a dominant scorer inside. You know, Zane Burke's really um, been a highlight this year. Um, just been able to score in multiple ways. Um, not only just a three point shooter, but uh, you know, kind of getting his back to the basket a little bit and trying to find his way. Um, but he's, he's really been a, um, like I said, a highlight to our year, uh, as far as his, you know, the way he's elevated his game and kind of become that, um, become a leader on the floor, but also a, a scoring threat for us in more ways than one, um, from last year. So definitely, um, impressed by his game and, and what he's able to do and, and hopefully can, can build off, you know, this year and, and everything that he's done. So far this season, but uh, yeah, our, our normal guys. You know, when you look at um, even Saturday, you know, when Zane, I think, was Zane was three of eleven, and Dan was two of seven, and and uh, we end up getting beaten a close game down on the road. So when those guys don't um, hit shots, it's it's awfully tough for us to win. And and uh, not to put pressure on them, but uh, they need to be good and and they need to hit shots for us to have a chance. Well, and uh, speaking of hitting shots, last time you played Goshen, you were hitting some shots, 12 of 26 from three. So, obviously, the three was falling, and the numbers were scrolling. You got up to 100 in that game against Goshen earlier this season, but that seems like ages ago, I'm sure. There's been plenty of games <laughs> yeah. since then. What uh, what are you keying on for Goshen coming into the Hustle Center tomorrow night? Well, it's funny you even brought that up about scoring 100 because, you know, Coach Cummings and I, were, we were just talking – um, we're like, man, how did we ever score a hundred this season? Yeah. <laughs> just seems like that, that long ago, but, uh, no, they run, a, they run some good actions. Uh, you know, we got beat on multiple backdoor cuts last time and, you know, we got to keep them in front of us. Obviously, um, you know, we just have to be efficient offensively. And I feel like that's, um, we've really battled and fought and won some really good games here in the last couple weeks, even with beating Indiana Wesleyan and kind of controlling that game. And, and, uh, but we have to be really good defensively. We have to be the toughest team on the floor, and that's something that uh, we may be undersized, but our guys are definitely going to fight. Well, it's Goshen at home tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at the Hutzel Center. Hopefully some folks decide to uh, brave the, the cold and get out and support the St. Francis Cougars. And then on the road this weekend, always a tough place to play at Spring Arbor. Coach, wish you the best of luck. Always uh, enjoy having you jump on with us, and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll connect with you again down the road. No, that'd be great. And obviously, you know, if uh, fans do come out, we are de- definitely going to honor Antoine Cushenberry um, for becoming the all-time leading scorer since he did that on the road mm-hmm. um, before our game. So it'll be a, a special night for him. That'll be uh, awesome. And uh, always great uh, to see the Cougars at the Hutzel Center. Appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. That is Coach Chad LaCrosse joining us on the Masters Heating and Cooling Hotline. You know, the... Uh, uh, you know, you look at this season and it's like, where's it gone? You know, I mean, we, I remember we were talking about preseason previews with, uh, coach lacrosse and, uh, uh, of course they got hurt by a last minute 
defection from the team and it cost them some size that they were counting on inside. Uh, so they're a little bit undersized. Like he said, they don't really play with a traditional big. Uh, they do have some shooters, but we all know shooters have their hot days. Sometimes they have their cold days. And uh, and they've got Spring Arbor on the road Saturday, and then they uh, go to Huntington next week, a Wednesday game before coming home and taking on Grace, which will be their, I believe, is that their home finale next week? Uh, Grace on Saturday, February 11th at the Hutzel Center. Then they're on to Mishawaka to take on Bethel on Saturday, so on Saturday the 18th. But, uh I mean, the season really does fly by. And Antoine Cushingberry, very deserving. He, I mean, he is a guy that has made the most of his opportunity. He has scored because he's executed so well. Uh, it's not like the offense completely rotates around. You know, it's not like give it to Antoine. Everybody sets screens and stay out of his way. Uh, but uh, in some ways, I I'm sure Chad LaCrosse has probably thought in some games, let's run that uh, offense, that Antoine Cushingberry, give him the ball, get out of the way type of, of stuff because he's he's an amazing talent and very deserving as the all-time program leader in points. The record holder is now Antoine Cushingberry. We've got to take a break. We're going to come back. We've got more still coming up here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. 